Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to the Kachat, the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? I'm John Bishop. And I'm Lucas Southworth. John, I'm not going to give you any time to avoid it. Did you listen to the Side Roads episodes? Dang, I forgot to... Okay, so I did. Okay. But I fell asleep to them, <laughs> to one of them, uh, and then I like rewound it about 30 minutes, and then I didn't finish off that final 30 minutes. That's a horrible endorsement. <laughs> uh, I listen to podcasts and other things to go to sleep, and no, then I, I just <laughs> go back. Like, I'll do this with books, and it's so frustrating with books, because if you don't wake up like 30 or 40 minutes after you fall asleep, then you can be halfway through the book when you wake up, and it's terrible. Imagine it's hard to find your place right where you, last thing you remember also for books, harder than podcasts. Sometimes it takes like, 10 whole minutes well that's fair do you want to save talking about the the side roads episodes till next week or do you want to give us your opinions now let's do it i should have written notes i didn't have to do that i should have because i had notes (laughs) this doesn't have to be a huge segment i just wanted to know what you thought of the side roads episodes first impression I'm just going to throw out there, uh, weirdly adversarial or confrontational at times. Yes. Uh, you said, I think, maybe three different times. So uh, get over it, John, or something like that. Uh, or issued a, some sort of challenge to me. Yes. And I understand. And uh, I wish that I had written notes just so I could address those challenges directly. This is the perfect outcome for me. You know that I did random mean things to you during while you were away but you don't remember them well enough to come back that's absolutely perfect in my book and even more to illustrate what you mean by that uh there was one point in time in which you said the cars but not those cars is a terrible name for a podcast <laughs> yes. and then like a little bit later you were like and uh john just in case you're listening uh i didn't mean it that's I was just joking, and then that just took some of the wind from my sails, but I still felt like I needed to charge forward. Yes, I know I know what I'm doing, man. <laughs> I think Cars But Not Those Cars could have been a fun name. It could have been. I think the Kachat's better, but it could have been a fun name. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so that's, that's all well and good and fun. And, uh, oh, another thing I need to say... You don't actually put money into a physical jar? No, no, I do not. So you can go ahead and empty that and put it back to like, I don't know, stuff you need for your baby and whatnot, I guess. Ooh. Ooh. 
prop work. Foley work, even. So that's the first pig. There's the second pig. Sure. And there's the Spider-Man one. All right. Well, you all don't. That's probably accurate, because nowadays I mostly just fully cut out John cursing instead of just putting a honk over it, because it takes a little less time. And usually it's no more funny to put a honk in. See, you say that, but I there was a honk in the side roads, and it made me laugh, and it usually does. No, yeah, I, I just think we need to pepper them in. They shouldn't be constant, you know? We gotta, gotta hold back a little bit. Okay. Also, okay. usually I edit these late at night, and I'm very sleepy and don't want to do it. <laughs> so That's fair. But, I don't know, in general... I thought they were really good, and if any of those three ever want to come back on the podcast, but with both of us, you are welcome pretty much at any time, I'd say. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, just to just to even things out, uh, I'd like to say that all three of you have to come back, and Lucas isn't allowed to be there. Got it. Okay. So this way, I get, I get two new friends. That's fair. Cool. That's John's thoughts on the episodes he wasn't here for. Except there's also another one. Okay. Okay, so the premise of the episode with Rob was that he was going to establish how there were two different universes of Pixar theory, and Mm -hmm. one of them was where uh, dinosaurs evolved into cars, and the other one wasn't. Everything else. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I have a few issues with that. Okay. He talked about the good dinosaur. Yes. Pretty exclusively. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of my issues with it, too. Uh, All right. And now let's talk about you're the you are the car. Yes. In Cars Land. Yeah, man. (laughs) We got to fill up these piggy banks. And in case you're curious, I've got the, the two actual pig shaped piggy banks. The one that was much more full is a bunch of change, excluding anything larger than a dime like not physically but monetarily and the other one the much more empty one is just quarters so we probably got like ten dollars Ooh, that's not enough but <laughs> one day maybe yeah we got to get out to anaheim huh mm-hmm. if for <laughs> no other reason then i would like to visit california at least once in my life yeah same here and also like i don't know I said this a million times during the Carsland episode, but it does just sound genuinely unironically fun and cool. Mm-hmm. So. The only problem is I'm going to have to bring a notebook. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, I gotta, but also. Yeah, we, we will. Gosh. Yeah. All right. So after all that, what are we talking about this week? Yeah, this week. We were thinking, you know, it's been too long since we've done an autobiography. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember the last time we did one. Mattress Boy, Leroy Traffic, maybe? Sometime in the 90s would be my guess. Anyway, so (laughs) we thought... Lucas, we were born in the 90s. Wow. Same as Leroy Traffic, I guess. But yeah, we're like, let's do an autobiography. And John suggested Jackson Storm, and I suggested Sterling from Cars 3. So they're like, eh, let's do one about the antagonists of Cars 3, which is just both of them. Yep. And then I thought, 
what if we did antagonists, but like all of them? And then I thought, well, in Cars 1, the antagonist is, you know, Chick Hicks. Sure. And that we've talked about him like crazy. Uh, and then there's Cars 2, and the antagonists in Cars 2 are uh, poor production quality, pandering to children, and uh, racism. And also Miles Axelrod. Miles Axelrod, and also the scientist <laughs> whose name escapes me. So, yeah, let's just talk about Cars 3. And then I thought again, okay, who's the villain in uh, the Planes movies? And in the second Planes movie, I mean, you could say the guy who's running the thing, or you could just say fire. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, because I was going the exact opposite direction of you. Instead of like, let's jam all the villains into one episode. I was thinking, oh, maybe we could make this into like a mini series in the mini series and eventually do an episode on Chick Hicks and Miles Axelrod and the Lemons and the Plains ones. And then I was like, who even was the villain? And yeah, I came to fire and just sort of like a generally kind of crappy hotel owner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I'm just going to say this and it's going to be controversial that hotel owner is for sure a Republican. I don't think that's Republican. I don't think that's uh, controversial at all. My 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 good dude. Uh, he's he's all about hey. Uh, I don't I don't want to acknowledge that there's a problem, so I'm just gonna make everyone burn for it. Yeah, and he's sort of capitalism incarnate too. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about him. I don't even remember his name. Today, we're talking about Sterling, who is voiced by Nathan Fillion, and Jackson Storm, who's voiced by Army Hammer. I don't know why I needed the voice actors, but that's who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. All right, so Army Hammer. Sure. He is a very tall man. I believe he's six foot five. Important that we establish this at the beginning of the episode. He's a six foot five. Uh, would he be good at race car? No, I don't think race car drivers are like jockeys in which they have to be a certain height, but I guess I don't know that. They have to be able to comfortably fit inside the vehicle. Sure. Which typically the vehicles are designed for people roughly my height. So no, I guess is the answer so to your question. So being five foot ten, maybe it's not that bad of a thing. Yeah, man. <laughs> maybe I'm good for something. <laughs> Yeah, me and everyone in your life have been telling you, yeah, it's basically fine, man, for your entire life. But Yeah, but that's I, the problem. I don't want it to be fine. I want it to be good. It could be bad. It could <laughs> be bad. But it's just, eh. Okay, so Army Hammer, big, big guy. He was uh, the Lone Ranger in a reboot that didn't need to happen and wasn't enjoyed by very many. True. What does that say about his character in Cars 3? Nothing. Look, look, you were supposed to repeat what I said. Oh, uh, reboot, people didn't enjoy it. That? Yeah, he's he's Lightning McQueen, but he's a reboot that nobody asked for and nobody really enjoyed. Got it. Yeah, he is sort of just Lightning McQueen at the beginning of Cars, but worse. So the premise of that argument is that What we do nowadays in film is we remake things that have already been made because we know that there's an audience for it. And then we try and add our own like 
new edge to it. We make it darker, grittier. We make it more realistic. I put air quotes up, but you can't see that because this is audio. And it seems like that's what they did with Jackson Storm. Is it's He's the, the new guy who's supposed to be cool and edgy and dark. And I mean that literally. He's got a like mostly black paint job. Yeah. I'm just saying this entire movie is a movie about getting older. And it's a movie about how the youth feel this need to replace, to to just take and change things to be more like what they want, what they think is cool. And I think that this movie, in many situations, many ways, uh, wants to have its own comment on that. And that comment is, we have to accept that the youth are going to be taking things that they need to take because that's how time works. Uh, people grow older and they have to change accordingly. Like Lightning, he takes a new position. He becomes a coach rather than just a racer. And it's similar with uh, Jackson Storm. Jackson Storm is basically the reboot of Lightning McQueen. He's this cocky young guy who needs to learn some humility and learn to actually work hard in the right way. And it's it's funny how a lot of his worst traits are criticisms of youth and also even film culture. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about sort of the mixed message of Cars 3 quite a bit. Yeah. it's It tries to say a lot and succeeds at some of those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it succeeds in a lot of those things. The problem is it shouldn't say some of those things. Yeah, for sure. But what do we think Jackson Storm's story is? What's his motivation, John? If you don't have anything, I do have a bombshell to drop on you. (laughs) Well, I think my whole premise is that he is uh, the new Lightning McQueen. And a lot of what we've said about Lightning McQueen is that he doesn't drive on regular roads. He might not even be allowed to. He doesn't have a life outside of racing until he makes his own. He has to discover and uh, rediscover what it means to be just a regular guy. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's similar of Jackson Storm is a character who was created to race. He only knows racing and it's all he thinks he's good at and all he thinks he's for. And that's one of the reasons for his attitude and one of the reasons he takes it as seriously but as uh, cavalier as he does at the same time because he thinks that, of course, he's better. That's what he was made for. I think his entire life was, I am going to be the ubermensch of this racetrack. Yeah, and I think that's super interesting because of what I'm going to get into here in a second. Mm Mm-hmm. But first, you say that Jackson is sort of Lightning 2.0. Like, that is even to the point where his number is 20, but it is in, like, there is a dot for his sponsor, so it says 2.0. It, like, is how blatant it gets. Mm -hmm. Uh, So do you think, because of that, that Lightning McQueen was ever a gamer? Do I think Lightning McQueen was ever a gamer? Yes. Well, as uh, Lightning McQueen represents the older generation, I think if he had a hobby, it would have been what gamers were back in the day. So maybe Lightning is into like D&D 
I don't know if he's into. I mean, here's the thing though: D and D was made at the same time video games were becoming popular. It's just like had a slight advantage of timing. I don't know. It's maybe he was into playing cards. That's fair, man. The reason I ask, and I'm so excited to get into the my favorite wiki quote in a while of the day. Give me that Jackson Storm was secretly a nerd the whole time of the day. Oh, John, we are going over to worldofcarsdrivingfandomcom slash wiki slash Jackson Storm. Down to the history section before Cars 3. It reads, before the events of Cars 3, Jackson was a cyber sportsman making a living playing racing video games, most noticeably the racing game SC3. His biggest achievement was winning a lot of money from a cyber sport tournament organized by businessman Axel P. Biggs, who organized the tournament to find a worthy racer for his team, like a real-life racer. Of the 18 million cars that entered this competition, Jackson was the winner. So... (laughs) So, so yeah, Jackson's a gamer, which shouldn't surprise us, because if you look at him, he looks sort of like a gaming PC mm-hmm. or a gaming chair. Anytime you see the, the whole, he's built better, he's got all the, it shows like, oh, he's got a bunch of technology in him that he probably doesn't need. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Jackson Storm was a gamer, which is my favorite sentence I've said on this podcast, maybe ever, which is just, again, so, so, so interesting to me because of your entire point is that seemingly he was engineered for racing, right? Lucas, I've I've got something disappointing to point out. Okay. Okay, so the new generation in that movie, what do we see them doing? in their spare time they go on the simulator which they go on the simulator which is essentially a vr setup but it's also it's it's rocky three or four rocky four is the it's one rocky four but this time it's cars so yes he's great at video games but video games are just simulated racing in a very physical sense that's fair and like I don't own the book Cars Origins Storm Chasing. God, I want to, <laughs> but I don't. So I don't I can't tell you exactly what it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. But man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that it's not the simulator. I don't know that it is the simulator. I kind of hope that it's not just because I don't know. There's something very compelling to me about a story of a almost a kid probably basically Jackson storm who is literally built for one purpose, but says, no, I want to be a gamer. <laughs> he goes and he be- is a gamer, but then he's offered a lot, a lot of money and he goes back on everything he believes in and becomes a real racer instead of a gamer. <laughs> I, I would like to think that, but everything seems to point to, even when he was gaming, what he was gaming was, was a racing. racing game. Yeah. So even if we're saying, well, he's doing something that he wasn't necessarily built for, the thing he's doing is the simulation of the thing he's built for. <laughs> yeah. 
he's it's proving a... that he's mentally good at racing too it's not a perfect thing but... and with how we have to assume that video games work it's gonna be a lot more realistically comparable than the people who are like oh, you don't know me, I'd be a great soldier because I play Call of Duty. And the worst part about me saying that, the worst part Mm -hmm. is that people who play uh, first-person shooter video games, on average, compared to the average person, do have better aim with firearms. That doesn't necessarily translate one-to-one to to a better soldier, but it's a good point. Oh, absolutely not. The discipline, the uh, physical capability... None of that is tested with, I'm able to be accurate. (laughs) Yeah. Reaction time is better. Sure. So that's also good. But again, like following orders, good discipline. There's a lot to being a soldier that is not tested by video games. So maybe that's true for racing even. Yeah. Except the man who is genetically engineered to be a good racer is also good at video game racer. And it's, it's backward. It's backwards logic. It's not, I play video games, so I'm good at soldier. It's, I was a soldier, so I'm good at video games. Which, like, I don't know. He beat 18 million people. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it has to, like, have some one-to-one translation, or our boy Axel P. Biggs, who I've never heard of, uh, <laughs> wouldn't have held this competition. Anyway, Jackson Storm's like that. But gamer into being a professional sports athlete, which is which cooler. could honestly be just as like malicious, because if you think about it, this whole world's economy is based around racing as a sport. Yeah. And there's all that. There's the grossness of that. But then you think about the fact that why are they genetically engineering these people? Why do people typically want to genetically engineer the youth? John. Think about it. I read. I just read the next paragraph, which I should have before, but I didn't. Uh, so, so he gets recruited by this guy for winning the gamer tournament. And the next paragraph in his history says, In the beginning, Jackson declined, having earned enough money from his career in cybersport, which is not what it's called. They're called esports. Get with it, worldofcarsdriving.fandom.com. He liked his freedom and did not want to change anything. Mr. Biggs blackmailed Storm, saying that if he did not become a racer, he would have to return all the money that he won from the tournament, and he would not be involved in the video gaming business. So, yeah, I think I think that's much better evidence of my very compelling Jackson Storm story. Of This guy was built for racing, but he just wants to be a gamer. John just wants to be a gamer. In what world can you just take back prize money because they didn't work for you afterwards? Did he sign a contract saying, I will work for you if I win? I don't know, but in the cars first, it's a real concern for Jackson Storm, who got blackmailed out of being a gamer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so amused by this. Don't be sorry. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna read the rest of it just in case there's something else wild. He had a bad attitude. He would often boil, bully other members of the training center and steal their time on the racing simulators. He would constantly challenge other racers, and when he lost, he raged, damaging equipment and setting off the fire alarm. And then Mr. Biggs decided to fire him. <laughs> well, come on, Mr. Biggs, be consistent. So what you're saying is... Someone convinced him not to fire him, just so you know. Going oh, dang yeah. it. Yeah. I thought... I was I was hopeful. I was thinking, okay, so it's not that he had a bad attitude. It's that he wanted to be fired, and then he almost got fired. Actually, no, I read that wrong. He he did get fired, but his trainer, who saw potential in him, left with him, and then they got hired by another sponsor. So it wasn't gaming that he cared that much about after he accepted the job. Because he could have just gone back to gaming. <laughs> he could have been a gamer. Jackson, what happened? I think it's just he discovered what he was made for. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This is great. This is like... <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know why Cam Newton is the first football player I thought of. If Cam Newton was just really good at Madden. <laughs> and someone was like, hey, Cam Newton come beyond the Panthers. And he was like, nah, I prefer Madden. <laughs> but if you don't join the Panthers, I'll take away your prize money. What? I don't, I don't know if Cam Newton's still on the Panthers. That may be an old reference, but <laughs> you get the idea. Anyway, I think Jackson, like so many gamers, has some anger issues derived from not being allowed to game anymore. <laughs> and that's why he's so crappy. To Cruz Ramirez and sexist. Oh man, that's a gamer trait. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so that's a very good point. Oh, he's a gamer. <laughs> it seems like a lot of his negative traits are centered around being a gamer, which does go back <laughs> to the fact that it's also him being youth. Yeah, yeah. What is negative trait of youth according to the older generation? They're always They're on, always that on phone. them video games. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, him being a gamer and being crappy because he's a gamer is just indicative of the overarching problem of he's just a spoiled, rotten brat who never wants to do an honest day's work in his life, even though he's <laughs> designed for it. Man, we should have done Jackson second. Sterling's going to be not nearly as fun and interesting as this. Okay, let's just go ahead and cover uh, Sterling real quick. He's Jeff Bezos. Yeah, he's sort of Bezos, huh? Mm-hmm. He's Jeffy Bebo, and that's, that's it. The big thing, the reason I wanted to discuss Sterling is I was curious. He does come off as a genuine fan of Lightning McQueen for a while. Mm -hmm. But do we think he was ever a fan of Lightning McQueen? Do we think all that stuff he got was purely to like get lightning on his side? Do we think he actually had an interest in him at some point and just was a crappy person who cared more about money than his, I don't know, athletic heroes? What do we think? I think Lightning McQueen to him was space travel to Jeff Jeffy Bebo. Yes. Yes. This is almost exactly the point I wanted to make about him. Go ahead. He, he wanted to do it 
he wanted to own it or experience it because that's what rich people do. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, of course he's going to go to space. That's what rich people do. Space. It's space. He's a he's a rich man, of course. He doesn't he doesn't respect it though. He doesn't have respect for anything. He doesn't value anything because how can you value anything in a typical way when your value is the highest any person in this world has. Mm-hmm. This man is worth so much money that it is inconceivable to him to like think of a person as anything but, okay, how much can I make off of them? How much is this person worth? How much of my time is this person worth? He's not necessarily like an evil or malicious man. He just has no actual reference for people. Yeah, yeah, that's, again, pretty much what I wanted to say. Because, like, I think it's altogether possible, and if you think this, anyone listening, obviously I think this is a good way to think about Sterling. Like, I think it's possible that his, like, collection of lightning memorabilia, his, like, Lightning McQueen museum he sets up at the Rusty's Training Center or whatever it is, is purely like to him a business transaction to make this uh, acquisition trust him. Like, I think it's possible he bought Rusty's and then immediately was like, hey, I have a million billion dollars, so I'm going to immediately acquire all this rare racing memorabilia about Lightning to get him on my side. I think that's a good interpretation, but I really like the idea that he does have a genuine interest in racing and like had this collection beforehand, but in buying Rusty's, he doesn't see it as a way to support his favorite athlete. I think he's looking at it as a way to add lightning to that collection, basically. Mm -hmm. Like he just sees him as another thing to go in the museum. He doesn't see him as a person. Like, again, he's a genuine fan, but like he doesn't, care if he races anymore he wants to have him in the same way like al from al's toy barn in toy story 2 uh wants to just have woody and put him up on a shelf somewhere now al didn't know that woody was alive so we can cut him a little slack compared to sterling who i checked doesn't have a last name that we know of he's rich he doesn't need one yeah he's he's, you know you're absolutely right I'm not saying rich people don't have last names. I'm just saying that, like, if ever a person could get away with not having a last name or any name other than just one word, it's a rich person. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I think that's accurate because, like, even if you think about it as just how do rich people oftentimes interact with your average person and oftentimes their partner? And unfortunately, when people interact with their partner and they're wealthy and their partner isn't one of the things that they will do is they will buy their time. They will give them money and tell them you don't need to work. You just need to be available when I want you to be available. And it just goes to show that what they're doing is they're viewing this person as just another thing that they can spend money on and enjoy. Yeah. And it's so dehumanizing in a way that, They just don't understand because to them, everything is just how much money before I can do this or get what I want. 
And like, I'll say, I don't think he is like, quote unquote, evil in a mustache twirly kind of way. Like, I don't think he thinks he's doing anything wrong. I don't think he's like, hey, I will acquire Lightning McQueen and then not let him race. Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole point of the last part of the movie. Yeah, I, he's, I think you're absolutely right. He's a bad person in the way I believe Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and lots of other billionaires are. Yeah, he's the kind of person that would turn a massive profit during a pandemic simply yep. because exploitation is easier yeah and even though he he does have some genuine interest in lightning as a racer like the second he realizes hey lightning isn't gonna be able to train up for this race he's like okay no i'm it is a bad investment to let you race i am going to shift my investment to working on like I think he wants to put him on like mud flaps or something. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same thing with Cruz at the end. He says, Cruz, you, you can't race Cruz. Get out of here. And then she wins. And he's like, cool, Cruz, we're cool now. So come race for me still. It's it's even though he does have some genuine like interest and fandom into the racing community, like, it is overtaken entirely by an interest in profit and gains. That ain't good. Yeah. It, I, boy, howdy. Just this entire pandemic has made me so angry with wealthy people. (laughs) Yeah, man. I saw like a little clip from Fox news where there were two really wealthy people talking about poor people in general. Sure. And, uh, Their arguments as to why people shouldn't get unemployment were because because hunger is a great motivator. Oh, my God. And I can't quote this exactly, but this is close enough to be actually what they said. Mm -hmm. When the military trains its dogs, they have to keep them basically starving and only feed them once a day because a hungry dog is an obedient dog. That's That's what rich people think of you. If you aren't rich, they think you're a dog that they are going to train to do what they want. It's one of those uh, quiet part out loud kind of moments. Yeah, Man, I'm so angry all the time. It's so hard not to be. (laughs) But, John, in a rare twofer for the wiki quote, I'm going back. This it's all it's all still been the wiki quote this whole time. So. (laughs) Give me that back to the before times of the day. This time we're going over to worldcarsdriving.fandom.com slash wiki slash sterling. This is just sort of interesting to me. It's almost certainly an Easter egg, but they can't do Easter eggs without us thinking about them. Down in the trivia section, it does say, if viewers look closely enough, Sterling has a picture of what looks like Sir Miles Axelrod, the main antagonist of Cars 2, in his office, which... Hmm makes a certain amount of sense to me. Again, they're both billionaires. (laughs) Which, I gotta say, I enjoy the choice to make the villains of Cars 2 and 3 billionaires. Now, here's the question. Yeah. Okay, it's not a question. The answer is no. My my hope would be, wouldn't Sir Miles Axelrod no longer be a bill? No, he'd still be a billionaire. You can't take the money from the wealthy. But he would certainly... I don't know about certainly... He would have probably been exposed as like, hey, 
this guy literally tried to do this guy is a mustache twirling villain <laughs> yeah but so is donald trump and nobody cares about that yeah you're right but he like put bombs in cars of like famous celebrities i don't know at least to the point where i if i were sterling I don't know that I'd have a picture of him in my office, even if I was buds with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would make sense to not want to be associated with a a very evil man. Do you think Sterling played a part in the lemon scheme from Cars 2? I'm not going to say that he was like encouraging it moralistically, but I am going to say that people with a lot of money, they fund a lot of immoral things, whether or not they do it directly or just without thinking. He definitely paid for some of it. Yeah, because like he he himself is not a lemon. He's like a BMW. Mm-hmm. And he's probably racist against lemons. Yeah, like every person in the society is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember when our main character, Lightning McQueen, was racist against lemons slash also rusty cars? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's widespread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I don't know. I think he had a hand in the ball of like, Hey, you're doing some oil scheme that will get me rich? Er, sure, man. Let's go for it with my good buddy, Sir Miles Axelrod. I don't know that he knew the details, but I think he, I think you're right that he had some investments mm-hmm. tied up. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool that he did that. So but cool. it's not. It's the thing. It's, it's not. not. It's terrible. Okay, so genetically engineered. Okay, and also the other bad guy that we've just discovered. Is it what, Mr. Biggs? Oh yeah, uh, Axel P. Biggs. I think Axel with... P. Biggs. Yeah, is another super wealthy, very evil person. Yeah, I would maybe uh, attribute some mustache twirling to him to continue my my thing. That I've and been his doing. mustache twirling, yes, it does come from a place of I'm going to think of people as property because I have no system of valuing, but also he's a little bit more direct with his being evil about it. Yeah. Like he directly blackmails a person, which like isn't great. Isn't is bad. It's bad. Don't do that. So I know we've gotten into a lot. The like, as we have in this episode being engineered for a purpose deal, but do we want to get into that more with Jackson? Uh, I, it's rough. Because that could be interesting, and we could talk about it, but we're going to quickly get into eugenics broadly, and then we would quickly get into specifics, which would involve real-life situations. But do we want to talk about just a little bit, like, how much of Jackson's whole deal was added after birth, would you say? Like, his ability, like, his mechanical ability to race are, like, augmentations after birth. If we go with their bodies are the mechanical outer shells, and they're just fit properly into it, then I think that he had to grow into what he was, like, supposed to grow into, which is that body, and that body was just kind of waiting for him as he got older, And it was always a, he's going to have a great body for racing, whether or not he has it until he's considered an adult. Mm -hmm. So I think as soon as he's 
physically mature enough to fit into that body properly, he's going to immediately become the best racer physically. But I think that it's until that point, he's probably just going to be like a fairly better than average, but not top tier racing car. Yeah, because like we can't discount like the fact that he's the bad guy, but he's also very good at racing. Like mm-hmm. he he has he is trained to the point where he is a good racer. It's not just that he has all this stuff, although that is what allows him to sort of surpass a lot of people. He does have inherent talent and trained talent, and he's good at it. It's this weird situation where like a lot of people keep saying, oh, it's not about what you're gifted with. It's about what you you do with it. And a lot of that conversation misses the mark of what you do with it. The it is still absolutely necessary. And also what you do with it. It's you have to work hard with the amazing things you are given. So like. I was never going to be six foot four and 240 pounds of just pure diesel muscle. I wasn't going to be the next Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Even if I had worked super hard at it, I'd still be six inches shorter than the man. Sure. So what I do with it doesn't work for me because I don't have it. But if Jackson Storm hadn't worked really hard, he wouldn't have been nearly as good. And that like even starts with, as a kid, they have to give him a body that's going to be really fast because if he doesn't have a body that's going really fast as a kid, he's not going to learn how to use it when he has the faster body later. Yeah, and like there is a lot. I, I do think that uh, his body, like at a certain point, you can't switch out everything is I think what we have to assume. Mm-hmm. Because, and we've gotten into this before, if you could, why wouldn't Lightning just get all the stuff that Jackson has? Mm -hmm. Like, even if he can't, like, physically push whatever physical aspect of the racer, the racing is, like, if he could be more aerodynamic, if he could, like, have all of these sensors in him that do whatever Jackson's do, he would. So, like, at a certain point, there there is a cutoff Mm -hmm. and it could you could be you could use the argument of okay yeah but sometimes having better equipment doesn't work because you don't know how to use it and it's like it's the rocky four again it's rocky would not have done better if he had trained the same way that uh drago did yeah he wouldn't have become better using the better training equipment because he wouldn't have known how to use it and he wouldn't have been comfortable using it properly and a lot of a lot of his whole arc in that thing is he had to get out of his head and he had to work hard and it's hard to get out of your head when you're in a new situation like that yeah so sure you could say well if you switched out all his parts he's not going to know how to use them so he'll be struggling with just getting used to it so maybe it's that also or maybe it's uh skin fusion (laughs) maybe it's a bit more direct yeah Uh, (laughs) maybe at a certain point you just you're not 
a thing in the shell at some point you have become one entity you know Mm -hmm. you Uh, you sit on or you lay on a couch without clothes long enough all of a sudden you are fused to that couch you and the couch are become one and i think what supports like if lightning could have gotten all that stuff he would have the most is he tried to do it with jackson's training regimen like how jackson trained uh he tried to go he like sterling gave him this huge training center with like the simulator and all of these different methods and he tried that and like you said with rocky four he doesn't he doesn't get it like he crashes the simulator he's very scared they make him take off his tires for some reason Mm -hmm. uh and then much like rocky four man is cars three rocky four Oh, yeah. Hey, wait, yeah. without Cold War undertones? Yeah, it is. Okay, well, I never knew, knew that. The, they didn't kill Apollo in this one, but Apollo was dead. Yeah, man. Okay, just yeah. give me a minute. Okay, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> because Lightning. it's a kid's movie and you can't kill off Doc by having another character just murder him. God, I would respect this franchise forever if they had, though, if doc was just like let's do a race jackson and jackson pushed him so hard he died on screen but yeah whatever my point was uh yeah if he was willing to do it the training he would have been willing to do it with everything else uh that jackson has that have looked like if jackson had murdered uh doc hudson by pushing him so hard in a race that his little heart gave out yep because what i could the only thing i could think of is that they're racing really hard and then Jackson laps the man and then he just like gets right behind him and starts pushing him because he's going too slow. So he forces him to drive faster until his like tires explode. Well, John, I think what it might look like is the intro to Cars 3 where Lightning almost dies in a horrific, horrific crash. Just copy and paste Doc Hudson into that. But don't copy and paste the part where he survives. <laughs> See, the the problem I have with that is that Drogo punched the man yeah. so hard he died. <laughs> yeah. But it was, he fought him so hard in a fighting competition. So if you were to replace the words, it's he's got to race him so hard that he dies. Yeah. And lightning nearly getting killed was his own pushing himself yeah and if you want to go even further you could say that apollo dying was the person that lightning cared the most about dying his idea of himself man but it would have been cooler if (laughs) i'm not gonna say cooler i'll say cooler (laughs) if talk it horrifically died in a crash at the beginning of cars three just to make it exactly Rocky Four, mm-hmm. and also Jackson Storm is a, a Russian super soldier. Man, that would have completed. Gosh, there's something about Cold War movies, huh? Mm-hmm. Like still today in 2021, I will watch if I watch Rocky Four or uh, like I don't know Rocket Boys or something like that. Uh, that's not what I'm thinking of. 
what's the one where they invade a random town in Minnesota or something? Uh, Red Dawn? Red Dawn, yeah. Red. Like, you've heard me be very openly critical of America in this one, but still, something about those movies make me come out being like, yeah, United States, greatest country on earth, baby. Suck because it, they're Russia. great propaganda. <laughs> they are really effective propaganda. Because the weird thing about these movies is it's, hey, Russia is trying to be advanced and trying to do all these things. And they're a little bit, they don't have as much heart as America. And that's their problem. And it's kind of complimentary because Ivan Drogo, he is a physical specimen and it's utilizing the intelligence and the science backing of Russia. And it's, like, there's something to be said about, oh, yeah, well, he's the pride of Russia, and Russia's as prideful as America is in this situation because Rocky is the pride. Well, Apollo was the pride of America. But yeah. then we we win because we try hard. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't need your computers. Just good old American grit. Give him some stairs to run up and a cow to punch. Now... Uh, Drogo not caring that he killed a man is a bad choice. Like, he should be bothered by the fact that he punched a man to death. But, like, as long as he didn't cheat to do it, he did it on accident. He did it on accident, and, like, it's sad, but he shouldn't be happy that he killed a man. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) So, basically, what we're saying is we wish Cars 3 was a Cold War propaganda film. Uh, I guess? But like a little bit less antagonistic. Yeah, like, I don't know, I'm still crazy about Russia and Putin and all that, but... Yeah. We don't have to get into, like, the people of Russia. (laughs) Man, maybe Jackson did murder Doc. Is that anything? (laughs) Canonically. Well, we never saw how he died. You're right. What if Sterling killed him? (laughs) Or had him killed? And that was the, like, deal. It's like, I will pay for your weird crusade against lemons if you kill Doc. Yeah, he has too much of a hold over Lightning McQueen, and I want to have a hold over Lightning McQueen. And it's probably something like, he died of engine failure, but that man is a doctor of internal combustion. Mm -hmm. He would have known if there was something wrong with his ticker, so maybe it was super fuel that exploded. (laughs) Yeah, maybe they... Maybe before the events of Cars 2... They test the weird car blow-up beam <laughs> that has to activate blow-up fuel inside them on Doc Hudson. Is there evidence of this? Yes. We've just presented it. There isn't evidence that it's not true. Uh, because it sounds interesting and supports what we're saying, it must be true because you can't prove it's not so many people getting a heartworm remover for horses to treat COVID. Now, John, what would that look like in the cars first? Just to fill some time we have here at the end. Uh, Give me the one-to-one horse dewormer to two cars. Um, well, you know how Fillmore's all into like natural fuels? Yes. And you know how he can prove that like it's healthy and effective? And then they like just kind of ignore that. And then they do another organic fuel that's actually a bomb for you. Well, yeah, okay. All right. What if the next organic fuel 
wasn't a bomb that could kill you and in fact was actually just you know an organic fuel and then there were were a huge amount of people that were saying no that stuff's poison what you gotta do is water water's completely natural just put that right in your engine it'll make you go real fast i think it's yeah it's but it's almost more like there is gas that will help you live your life and then there's also tractor de-icer <laughs> people are like no that's tractor de-icer don't what no huh <laughs> they're like nah 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 i gotta I get mean, this ice out of here and by ice i mean covid19 we've mixed our metaphors a little bit. it's like with trucks you gotta put a certain kind of fuel because certain things you put certain things that have oil mixed in them so that the thing doesn't mess up the engine. And it's like putting that in a regular car or vice versa, putting regular gas in like a semi-truck. It's not great. It's not great. I only know of this situation because my father once uh, stopped at a gas station, told me to pump gas for him, and he went inside and got some food without informing me Ah. That his vehicle required a special kind of gas. And then he was very angry, but he also understood because how were either of us to know that I didn't ever hear that this would require this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Except it's like that. Except everyone is telling you, hey, don't put that in. Hey, wait, no, that's for for animals. (laughs) Don't put it in don't don't eat the horse dewormer john do you have anything more to say about the antagonists of the film cars 3 the antagonists of cars 3 are and this is weird because like they're also the protagonists uh wealth and privilege that is one way to look at it and look at cars 3 from like a good lens but also if you look at it from our other mixed message of Cars 3 lens, the antagonists are like youth and progress. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Cool, so, good job. Let's just generalize the antagonism in every movie. The first one, it was just privilege. His wealth actually helped him save the town. Yeah. The second one, it was just wealth because technically speaking he came from the opposite point of privilege the bad guy he was a lemon and he hated himself for it so he used his wealth to kill other lemons but also not it was weird his motivations were muddy but he used his uh wealth as a weapon and then the third one wealth and privilege it's manifest in two different characters there is mm-hmm. a character who uses wealth as a weapon to buy the main character and then to limit him. And the other one is just an extremely gifted person who is arrogant and cocky because he's naturally gifted and doesn't understand why this old fogey even cares anymore because he needs to just go into a pit somewhere. But also what you don't see is that he's a gamer with a broken heart. A gamer with a broken heart forced into a situation he didn't want to be in. I guess maybe what happened when he got fired but didn't go back to gaming, maybe Axel P. Biggs is just, you know, 
vindictive and was still like, no, you can't, I will, I will use my wealth to prevent you from going back, even though you don't belong to me. Cause I don't like you and I don't want you to be happy. Jackson storm. And then Jackson storm wasn't happy, even though he was the uh, really great esports man. I bet he would have done numbers on Twitch, you know? Mm. Now I will say, I think that there is something to be said about calling it cyber sports. It's very interesting that they call it cyber sports instead of esports. Saying cyber sports, when you think of cyber, oftentimes you'll think things uh, like some people will think, oh, cyber symposium, that idiot who kept claiming that he had evidence and it wasn't anything and he just wanted to sell more pillows. Sure. Uh, but for me, it really brings into like mind cyberspace and all these things of like, oh, it's people physically in the digital world. Like Scooby-Doo and the cyber chase. Mm-hmm. And the cyber chase. It's, it's very much when I think cyber, I think of physically interacting with a digital world. And I think that's what they're going for is it's all about this VR system. It's all about this uh this system where the video game is just it's just simulated racing and it's physically simulated racing so maybe that's why they call it cyber sports is because it's a lot more physical i could see that i prefer the thought that it's purely like some one-to-one translation of a video game just because like one with 18 million competitors in this thing like i don't know that I don't know we can justify 18 million people having some sort of simulator set up uh, to participate the, in this. But also, I just like the story more of Jackson fully just having an interest that isn't racing. I mean, it still is racing, but like he's good at it not because of his physicality. I think it also shows just like how he has the mental game down in racing, you know, Mm -hmm. like he understands the mechanics of racing and how it works so well that even without his physical gifts, he can be great at it. Mm -hmm. And also it lets me more convincingly keep calling him a gamer. And that's what I'm all about. This episode is calling Jackson storm a gamer. All right. Lucas, it's time for a fun fact of the day. I'm ready, John. My fun fact of the day. According to XRToday.com, around 171 million people are already using VR in some way today. Yeah, but like, <laughs> we see the VR. They they even show us VR helmets mm-hmm. uh, in, in Cars 3. That is night and day from the massive simulator setup. If we're saying that they have video games, I'm saying that simulators are the best thing we've seen to compare to video games. I'm not saying they have nearly as good of a setup, because like if you've seen gamer chairs, there are people who have like $10,000 gamer chairs where they're like feeling haptic feedback. They're feeling all this jazz. I think that's like the $10,000 setup that you could get. And it's what Sterling has. He's got the expensive one. I just think that there are also going to be situations where people have like rinky dinky smaller ones. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like 
he has the $10,000 chair. And for everyone else, there is the, like, DDR pad. That's fair. I'm willing to believe it. I just would explain why he had such a stiff advantage is because he clearly comes from some place of uh, moderate to advanced wealth. He's such an advanced vehicle. He has to be, which means that he could afford a better setup. And if you can afford a better setup, that does give you some sort of edge, even with video games. And by that, I don't mean like, oh, I've got the better controller, so I'm better than you. I mean, like, there is a significant argument to be made about if you have a higher spec computer, you're going to be able to do better just frames per second wise. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I guess I just want <laughs> I just want there to be games that aren't the simulator. And it's the closest I've come to buying one of these children's cars books that wasn't for your baby. Because <laughs> uh, I just I know there are illustrations in it and I want to see how they represent this game. Either way, Jackson Storm's a gamer. Sterling sucks. Uh, that's that on that. That's the end of the episode, probably. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I had a lot of fun with this one. As I think you could tell, mostly I just got real tickled about Jackson Storm being a gamer and getting to say that over and over again. I had to get it in one more time. If you would like to send us in anything, really, uh, but specifically an idea for an episode, uh, your thoughts on any episodes, or you just want to say hi, that'd be great. You can do that uh, at our email, which is thechat at gmail.com, or you can follow us and tweet at us on Twitter, which is at thechat. Both of those are all one word, no hyphen in there. Now John's going to say his stuff right now. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, uh, <laughs> ring that notification bell. Uh, <laughs> Got to think of more things that aren't likely to be possible. <laughs> Rate and review, which I think are possible in a lot of podcatchers, so you got to stop saying that. Uh, those are tell, the important ones. Do those. <laughs> tell anyone and everyone uh, you think might be the least bit interested in this kooky little podcast. Yeah. And until next time, don't forget to float like a Cadillac and sting like a beamer. Tiny robot armies take.